And we are live, and the drop didn't play because I forgot to load up the system. So I'm just going to skip the drop. Uh, you know the drill, you know, fireside chats and all that jazz. So let me just go ahead. Let me just close that and down that little beeping sound. I've been working on some stuff um, that you guys will see. I see the Rogue Banshee out there. Hey, Rogue Banshee. All right. So let me get my plugs out here. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. Super chats are available. $25 gets you a signed book. $5 gets you a PVC patch, which is actually $3 less than what they have on Black Swan Tactical for the same stuff, basically. Uh, you can also uh, join Gun Owners of America for 25% off at gunowners.org slash black dash swan dash media everyone needs a good vpn and i i have i am now partnered with nord vpn they are our latest sponsor nord is a great great company and they keep your web browsing safe and i recommend everyone have a vpn whether it's nord or not but if you want to sign up for nord vpn and help out the channel you can go to crumpy.com slash vpn and go ahead and sign up for nord VPN on that. And once again, we are brought to you by Tusk. Tusk is the the gun-friendly cryptocurrency. Now that we have all that out of the way, um, I just want to say one more thing. I've been talking about niece Bella. She got her laptop. She loves it. Uh, and what she wants to do for Christmas is have a toy drive for the Ronald McDonald house. So I'm going to work on setting that up in short order and get probably Amazon wish list or something with a bunch of toys that people can buy and send up there so they can drop off. So she can drop off and like film it and everything. And I think that'd be really good for the channels. Hey, gorillas and guns. I see him out there. He is the partner on Virginia reloaded. My co-host on Virginia reloaded sponsored by GOA, a new podcast that's going to be debuting very, very shortly here. Now that we have all that out of the way, I want to introduce you to John Petrolino. He is a firearms author and also a journalist. He works for MLN.com. He's also in Jersey. So let me go ahead and bring him on. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well, John. It's a pleasure to be with you this evening. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, we've been trying to get this together for a while, just our schedules haven't been able to line up and they're finally lining up. Yeah. It just happened to work out. It's uh, it has been difficult for sure. And I know you're uh, super busy as well. Oh yeah. Freddie, Freddie over at Amelon keeps me busy. I am wearing my ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun now. Uh, ugly Christmas sweater for those that are wondering from Die Hard two. Yeah. So, uh, let's get into it. Um, let's start out with your book you wrote a book right yes sir so uh i wrote a book it's called decoding firearms okay uh, you've great. got a copy of it uh here here it is so you're uh everybody could see it's called decoding firearms and the subtitle is an easy to read guide on general gun safety and use and uh it's basically a soup to nuts 101 level book that will take some uninitiated uh people that want to be learned in guns and uh, hopefully get them up to speed enough to be able to go to the range and or also get some uh, some formal training. And uh, that's kind of the quick and dirty on the book. All right. So how long ago did you write that book? Okay. So I started the book last, I want to say, August is about when I started it. And I finished my first full draft where the content itself was done in December of, you know, last year, um, from December through to June, which was my publication month, I was, uh, finishing up on illustrations and all of that kind of stuff. And as, as you know, uh, I know, you know, but your the listeners and viewers aren't aware the the book has over 115 illustrations so i could just kind of i'll fan out the book here and you can you can see that there's there's plenty of pictures and um 
I had to go through and uh, edit and take pretty much every single one of those. So that was really time consuming. I'd say about 90% of the pictures and illustrations used were original taken by me specifically for the book. And then a handful of other photos that were used. I got from a couple of friends that helped me out. I said, Hey, can you get me a picture of this while I was, you know, editing? He <laughs> say, I, I need a, I need a friend, you know, uh, to help me out. And, uh, so I had some of that and then there's a, there's a handful of, we'll call them stock pictures. There's me with a couple of students in there. You can't tell it's me, my backs to the camera, uh, that I just repurposed for use in the book. So that was the, uh, the timeline was from August to December to have all of the text done. And then I finished with all of the editing of the text, the editing of the illustrations, the um, adding those into there as well by the time it was June, um, June 1st yeah. is when we published. And yeah, you can see the screen grab there. That's awesome. Uh, Kindle copy is in full color. So yeah. that's, uh, that's a this good thing for... Yeah, and uh, the paperback is 266 pages to give everyone a perspective. So it's a big book, and when you go to, to even download it as a Kindle copy, Amazon will tell you, hey, this is a, this is a really big file, so uh, be ready to download. And uh, so uh, uh, there's, there's a bit in there. And that's you're, you're seeing all original uh, illustrations right there. It's, uh, it was a lot of fun to do. It was a lot of work, but it was, uh, it was a good deal of fun. Yeah, I like it because it has all the pictures in it, and I'm not a good reader, so pitch me. not just joking. I'm a pretty good reader. But no, but like when I'm teaching someone or showing some somebody something and I don't have like a readily available picture, I go to your book. And I'm usually able to find a picture of what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do. No, that's and that's great. And I'm glad that you're able to find a use for it. And I'm hoping other people that want to introduce others into firearms find the, the material to be complementary to safe gun handling. And uh, I was kind of joking about this the other day and then also with a friend. It's like I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel because we've had firearm safety for you know over 100 years, the importance of it. However, I tried to phrase things and present them and scaffold the material in such a way that hopefully everyone would be able to pick up the book read it digest it and not walk away from it you know scratching their heads saying what is this super weird technical term i, I you know i tried to cover as many bases as possible and uh, you know also when there is a glossary with a I, I don't know how many terms i put in there as many as i could fit in i just crammed in anything that I thought would be important that somebody might want to look up. It's in the glossary. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like it. Uh, especially for new firearms owners. It's awesome. I just wish when I got into firearms that they had something out there like this. Yeah. You know, and same for me, it took me a while before I personally got formal training. So, you know, I kind of went out, out there and I was always involved in shooting sports and I did the, the Boy Scout stuff. I did the hunting thing. And then when I became an adult and, you know, bought my first handgun, I kind of went out and just started shooting and, and doing my own thing. Well, I developed a lot of really bad habits in the process. And then I finally did take some formal training and uh, boy, do I really wish I had uh, something to help me out in the beginning, you, you know, yes, a book like this. So the, um, the journey was one that was filled with a little bit of, you know, some, some hard knocks to, to get to this point. Yeah, this is a really good tool. There's another good tool that I use. Um, I'm thinking about making a video on it. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called a uh, world of guns. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I may have, and I just I'm not registering the name. It's it's not a book. It's it's a it's a computer program. I'm on my Mac, so I can't pull it up. Um, but maybe I can maybe I can find something. It's it's really cool. Um, if you're into guns, it's something that I think anyone should check out. It's it's about forty dollars. 
but the runs that they have is just amazing. Um, and uh, it. Uh, let me show. Let me just show you here. I, I'm going to share my sc my uh, screen here. Just to, just to share everyone. Go go for it. Because <laughs> uh, it, it's it's really cool. Um, I've been playing around with it. I haven't used it on any like YouTube stuff or anything like that. But it, it's really cool. So basically, it has like hundreds of guns. I'm going to do it. And uh, so you, what you do is, I mean, they have hundreds of guns. What you do is you just pick the gun and it will show you how everything works and you have okay. control. so you can actually break it down, split it open. You can see how like the delayed roller system works. They have like x-rays so you can see how it works inside the gun. Sure. Now that's uh that's unbelievable. And that, yeah. that's a really good resource, you know, and uh, I'm finding the training materials that are out there. They're starting to get better and better and better. And um, the organizations that do offer training are incorporating stuff like that into their multimedia. But this looks this looks phenomenal. Yeah, it has hundreds of guns. I mean, and just and you just can break it down, and it shows you exactly how to break down everything, how how to do it. And that's and their demo cool. video. Yeah, they have like okay, little cool. mini games in it too, so you can actually you know do like shooting targets but i don't i don't even do the mini stuff and it has like quizzes so that's kind of cool where it will actually quiz you on the different types of guns yeah that's uh that's super neat and and to your point on you know added knowledge and knowing about these things and uh, I, I know you picked up on it in the book i reference to the readers to reference the manual on a specific firearm something ridiculous like 40 times in the book because it's that important to know how a specific make and model functions and what the manufacturer's expectations are so uh, another good tool would be something like this where you could get that much more of a, an edge on knowing about your particular firearm yeah it's something that's really really cool um i love it um uh, Rogue Banshee says he cannot uh, fan out uh, the, the book like he <laughs> like that on my Kindle. Um. <laughs> if uh, tell him to to DM me, we'll we'll work something out. <laughs> and I very much so appreciate his uh, his review. He did review the book, and um, I, I'm glad that he uh, found it favorable. And I'm not gonna cram words in his mouth the review is published so um we we could talk about that <laughs> yeah i mean it's really good you also write for ammo land um it was really funny freddie called me one day he was like do you know this guy john petrolino i was like i was like yeah i was like i do he's like oh yeah he he does a really good job he does a lot of foil stuff like you do i was like i know <laughs> i read his stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's funny yeah freddie is great and i i love ammo land and ammo land and my relationship with ammo land started in 2015 and way back in 2015 i i don't remember what i was doing i was surfing the web in some capacity and there was a um another organization not ammo land a different organization that was looking for writers and you know, I just sent them an email. They said, send us an email if you're interested in writing. And I, I've been a writer for 20 years at this point right now. Uh, so I've been writing for 15 years, you know, at that point. And I replied to the guy and we, we got a good dialogue back and forth. He says, what do you want to write about? And I gave him a subject matter. He says, well, you sound passionate about that. So go ahead and write an article on that, send it to me and we'll publish it. So I was like, great. So I went out and I ended up writing an article, which you 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 realize my articles are kind of long, and I know Freddie knows that too. Um, the article was in the tune of, I don't know, um, several thousand words. It was it was a long article. Um, I submitted it to that other organization and publication, and they never got back to me. They completely dropped it, and it wasn't like. A standard editorial response when you send out a query is, 
a simple thanks, but no thanks, in my opinion, is fine. Like, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Well, I had this article that I wrote, and I, I had interviewed people even for it. So I went out of my way to make the article the best I can. So I reached out to Freddie in Ammo Land, and he and I um, started talking on the phone. And I said, well, you know, this other guy's got it. I want to give him an opportunity to get back to me. So we waited about a week and uh, there was nothing. So I said, Freddie, if you like the article, please, you know, publish it. And, and he did. And so from 2015 till earlier this year, I would randomly send, you know, work to Freddie. And uh, he's always been really great about publishing it and getting it out there. And, and that's when we started to talk about the FOIA work uh, that, you know, you, you do as well. And uh, so he brought me into the fold, and now I'm, I'm inundated. He just sent me, a, I think it's like a 300-page document dealing with the CDC. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, like dealing with the CDC, this Freedom of Information Act request, you know, like the majority of it is blacked out with a government highlighter. You can't read any of it. They block yeah. it out. It's like, what, what are you hiding? You know, what is so proprietary that you need to hide pages upon pages of content. And I'm, you know, I literally just got this a couple of hours ago. And um, there's an article there because this is the second, you know, document dump involving the CDC where they black everything out. It's like, well, what, what the heck's the point on getting the information? Um, so I have the CDC stuff and then also uh, talking to you through Freddie, uh, the ATF documents, which is, I think, 250 pages of stuff as well. Oh, oh yeah, the one I sent to you. Yeah, well, you, yeah, Donovan yeah. Mullen and you are, like, our main FOIA guys now. Um, it was just so much work to go, like, pull out the information <laughs> and write the article. So now having people to actually, like, look through and, and you know, knock out a few articles and stuff like that frees me up to do other stuff. I've been doing a lot with ATF leaks and stuff like that. Oh, oh, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk offline because I got questions for you about the ATF stuff. Uh, but, you know, Freddie has been keeping me really busy with uh, the material that he's been supplying me. And, and a lot of it is like it's I, the first time I got an, a, doc, a document dump. I remember I was talking to my wife on the phone and I said, I'm, I'm reading and I didn't really give it all a close read. But I'm reading these emails between Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey, his office, and actors like Moms Demand Action and Every Town and all of these other groups. And I just started to get angry. And I got madder and madder and madder, knowing that for years there's people that have been working in the state of New Jersey to try to have an audience with the executive and legislative branch to just be able to uh, communicate our point of view and, and the view of civil rights. Like this is a civil right. That's what this is. This is about somebody's freedoms. And these groups just pretty much have a red carpet rolled out for them. So like the first document dump I had it made my blood pressure go like through the roof. And I got so mad. And I just said to my wife, I can't believe how egregious all of this is and you know the normal day-to-day -day public people aren't going to say and wake up in the morning like you know what i'm gonna do a freedom of information act request and i'm gonna learn about what my government may or may not be communicating about people don't do that people yeah. are working and people are trying to keep a roof over their heads people are trying to feed their kids and it's not easy and now covid days you know, COVID compounds things even worse where, no, people are not paying attention to what Moms Demand Action is doing with Governor Phil Murphy's office. Nobody cares, you know, when they're struggling to just make ends meet, especially in states like New Jersey. And I'm speaking to you, to, to Virginia. I'm sure oh, yeah. it's not easy in Virginia. It, well, no, I mean, I do a lot of FOIA stuff and Oprah stuff. Uh, Oprah, open records. That's more of a state level FOIA. Is more of a like a federal government thing. Uh, right. 
I, I do a lot, so I do wake up every morning. I do do one foyer request a day. <laughs> right. I do a lot. Then I then I have my attorneys, the Olsons. I stick them on stick them on anyone who tries to knock me around and tell me they're not going to do anything. But yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I like I like the FOIA stuff because we're getting a lot of good information. You mentioned the New Jersey stuff. I meant I read the New Jersey stuff. All the emails going back and forth between Phil Murphy, Murphy and Moms Demand Action and Giffords and stuff like that. And the thing is, uh, like everywhere that has like Democratic Democrat as governor, I've been able to find emails like that. In Virginia, for for example, I found emails between. Um, Moms Demand Action and uh, not the Moms Demand uh, Giffords and and the governor and Governor Northam. Um, right, and that was the same situation was Giffords, and I think you um, had another fellow that I forget who he was that published the article. Donovan. I think it was his Donovan. So he broke the article. Was the uh, the Giffords much like Moms Demand Action in this in, in New Jersey? Giffords went to Northam's office, right, uh, and and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's shut down the gun stores during the pandemic, and uh, like you know, because the virus is going to spread at a tremendous rate in gun stores specifically. Like, no, this is a constitutional right to sell guns, and then you have these groups like Giffords and Moms Demand Action petitioning to the executive branches of these states." To shut down gun stores, like that's disgusting. Yeah, when when uh, when we we're looking for someone to write write do Virginia stuff, uh, Donovan used to write for me when I I used to run our website and I used to have some writers. I didn't really write there, but I had other people write there. Donovan was one of them. So when we we're looking for another writer, I was like, I, I know a guy who can write, and I knew he can write because I used to edit some of his stuff. Um, he knocked it out of the park with that that breaking that first breaking article that he did, and oh, yeah. uh, I, I totally loved it. I thought he did a phenomenal job with the work, and I I have that FOIA that that he worked through, and it's huge. I, I don't even know how many pages is it's again another 200, 250 page document. I'm like, this isn't even dealing with New Jersey. This is out. I'll, I'll look at it, but give me give me some time. I'm trying to to catch my breath, you know. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's crazy. There, one of the things that they talked about in the New Jersey one and Virginia one is that they're that they're afraid of all the new gun owners. Right. Point blank, they are afraid of it, and they wanted the gun shops to shut down to prevent new new people from buying guns. The expansion of the Second Amendment, and that's what they were afraid of. And I don't think they were afraid of it for like a safety reason. I think they were afraid of it because they were afraid of losing power yeah. and losing the argument on guns. So that that's why they wanted all these gun stores shut down is to prevent new gun owners from being created and ho and hopefully uh, new gun owners, uh, you know, taking up the mantle of the Second Amendment. Well, sure. They don't want more citizens being woke to, you know, this progressive agenda of disarming society. And, you know, you're in Virginia dealing with what you're dealing with. And it's a lot of things that, you know, New Jersey's been dealing with for decades. And, you know, I use Virginia as an example whenever I talk about, you know, the importance of safeguarding rights and, you know, something we say is what happens in Jersey doesn't stay in Jersey. And I think even uh, Dan uh, Grotovic had said that to you and when he did your, his chat with you, this is something that we talk about as advocates in New Jersey. And I point, I said, look at Virginia. Virginia has gone completely daft. And, and even now they're discussing about how to limit your carry permits. Is that correct? Yeah, they are. They are. They're trying to limit those, um, but we're going to fight back. Oh, we are, absolutely. Yep. We're definitely going to fight back um, and hopefully turn up. I don't think it's going to go as far as Jersey because they got they got a wake-up call last last January. <laughs> right, right. And you had, uh, what, 30,000 people? Was that the tune of how many people were there? Yeah, uh, they say it was 22,000, but one of the things that they did is they only accounted for the block around the Capitol. 
but it went right. several months past that. So sure, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many people were actually there, but well, I, I, I think that was kind of tens of thousands of people. But we could say that as opposed to when we've got things like this in Jersey, we're beating down the door with hundreds, you know, like we're just 300 people, 400 people that'll show up to some of these events. And it's, we're so beaten down and downtrodden and there's so few gun owners in New Jersey. And again, people want to work. They, well, they, I'm sure they don't want to work, but they have to work, do their job and, you know, punch their card. And who wants to go to Trenton to, to protest or make their voices heard. Um, and so when I saw the rally in Virginia, I was really, really impressed. I wish I could have been there. I couldn't, have, I couldn't because of work. Um, but, you know, kudos to you guys being able to pull that off and more and more of that kind of coverage. And again, getting these new gun owners to see you know, what are the ramifications of the laws that are getting passed or proposed from these very progressive ideas that, you know, want to usurp freedoms? Yeah, you're exactly right. And so far, there really haven't been that many anti-gun stuff proposed for the upcoming legislative session that starts next month. What I think that they're doing is like last year, they filed everything, pre-filed everything like during the summer. Sure. They didn't pre-file anything this year. And I think <laughs> the, the reason is because at the last moment, they're going to throw it out there. So we have less chance of planning for it. But uh, I don't think it's going to work. Um, I know a, I, lot of, a lot of them yep, kind of backed off. A lot, a lot of them kind of backed off their stance on guns. They were really, really anti-gun. And now they're... Still anti-gun, but they're like kind of like yeah, maybe we should think about this a little bit. Uh, well, that's good because it's it's like the position, it's like flip-flopping, like what we have in Jersey, where the more pro-freedom, pro-right to keep and bear arms politicians and legislators are very hushed and 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 muted about it, and they don't openly necessarily discuss their stances because. It's very bad for them politically. Well, you know what? That's good. Drive your anti-gun, anti-freedom, anti-civil rights legislators into the closet and make them stay in the closet and self-loathe and know that their constituents want nothing to do with what they are trying to do. And for them to stay in office, not vote on this garbage. Yeah, make politicians afraid again. If that's 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 a good way of putting it, you know, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, they're public servants. They're supposed to be there for us. And, you know, like the mom's demand action thing and talking about, you know, preferential treatment and the red carpet. And, you know, you've read the foyers and you saw how, you know, an email might go out and say, hey, we heard that there's a you know, a gun violence roundtable. We want in on it. How did they hear about that? Like, what was that? You know, I, I want to know, like, where did they tap into where they're able to channel this information and, you know, get into the, to the grapevine where they know about this stuff and then, and get an invite and like, yeah, of course you can come. We want, we want you, you want to take away freedoms. We, we want you at our round table and, uh, that was the one article that I put out uh, about a month or so ago. And, you know, I reached out to the NRA. I reached out to uh, the National uh, Shooting Sports Foundation. I reached out to the um, NJ2AS. I reached out to Association of New Jersey Rifle Pistol Clubs. I reached out to Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. I, I reached out to all of these pro-freedom, pro-civil rights organizations and said, has New Jersey or anybody in the executive branch or Phil Murphy's office ever invited you to come and partake in any of these roundtable round table discussions about firearms? And across the board, no, none of them, zero zip zilt. And then some of them wrote me uh, so much material that I said, well, I can only give you like a small quote, and uh, I like I got I got some paragraphs from some of these guys. They're like, 
can I just save that for a future article? Because that's really good stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah. across the board, none of them are invited to this. And these are the people that actually know about firearms, not moms demand action. They don't know anything about guns. Well, I didn't find in the Virginia FOIA that uh, the Virginia Oprah request that Virginia gave Giffords like $2.6 million grant for you know, inner city violence or something like that, which is crazy. So that should probably, and I'm sure it is being looked into, you, you know, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, that, that is a problem. And also there, there are also some other emails where they're talking about a bill and they're like, the bill says this, but we want it to say this. And if you look at the bill, it's, it changed to what they wanted to say. Sure. And that this was a conversation I had just yesterday where, you know, these last minute changes and who writes these bills, you know, the, the, the sponsors of these bills aren't writing these bills. They're no, being they're fed. They're being fed them. Yeah, that's the dirty secret that all the bills that you see, even on a national level, they all have they oh, all yeah. lobbyists. No, I, I, that should be a requirement. If you want to propose a bill write it and even if your writing is garbage and the bill that you're you've written and the draft of it is garbage at least it's a first draft and then let's work with that but don't just you know it's all farmed out like what are you actually doing if you're not even writing the law you're not writing it like that's so what's your position and, and what, do you, what is your job just to to raise your hand and and, and vote on and that's it the end you know there's zero original thought in a lot of this some some lawmakers do their due diligence but a lot of it it's just a factory yeah it's so they it can pass their true their true agenda through yeah it, it de definitely is um people pay to get bills introduced that that's the way it works uh People don't want to see how the uh, am, how the uh, sausage is made, but that's how it's made. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, Kermit Loves Bacon points out that they are trying to push an ammo syntax in Connecticut, and it will go to stop inner city gun violence claims, uh, which will basically, like Virginia, will be gifted back to Giffords or whoever. And I think we're going to be seeing that in a lot of different places. Well, that, yeah, you know, there's so many programs that are already out there that would be successful. And, you know, Cam Edwards talks about one of them all the time. And it's the, the program that was instituted in, in Boston, Massachusetts. And I can't remember the, off the top of my head the name of the program. But there was a program where they got the community leaders and the police officers together. And they said, look, you know, you're going to stop shooting one way or another, the violence is going to stop. Now, we can help you. We can help you achieve things. We can help you, and you could be on our side, and we could do this so the easy way, so to say, and make you an upright citizen. Or we can lock you up, and we could give you mandatory sentences. There's not going to be any plea bargains. If you're up here as a recidivist coming in here more than once, you're going to go to prison and you're probably going to go to prison for the rest of your life. And there's programs like that, I think, would be a little bit more effective than saying, let's tax the, tax the, the lawful gun owners and we're going to use that money to curb inner city, you know, gun violence. I said, well, I'd love to see that paper trail, you know? Yeah. It's not about, I don't think it's about even like giving money to curb inner city violence or whatnot. I think it's about trying to make gun ownership uh, financially non-feasible. And I, I, that's why I think it's going to be rolled out to a, a bunch of other, other places like background checks on ammo. It's making it burdensome to own a firearm. Everything that they do, they're making it more expensive and more burdensome, and and that's their play. Oh, make it unappealing. It is, and so with you know Heller and McDonald, 
you know, taking it and saying, you know, we do have this right. It is here. This is the Supreme Court decisions that safeguard our right, right? Which we shouldn't even have to have. But Heller and McDonald decisions. So now the anti-freedom, anti-civil rights groups had to, you know, think about this and say, how else can we affect these gun owners? How else can we make this onerous? So what do they do? We're going to ban accessories. We're going to ban different types of ammunition. We're going to tax the hell out of them. And that's like California with the, like you said, the ammunition background checks, which I think that whole entire system is still a nightmare. I don't think they've ever got no. that off the ground, did they? I mean, that's like, well, hello. Um, then you have registries, you know, so California and Massachusetts, they're they're approved handgun rosters where manufacturers need to put, you know, two hundred thousand plus dollars down to apply for this one make and model to be accepted, um, you know, for sale in the state. And and I think California, I think their law is so onerous that they don't even add any more guns to the registry unless you take them off. I I have to look into that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. It is like that. I did a uh, Oprah request out in California and found out out of all the background checks they ran on ammo. There, this was like at the beginning of the year too, so it probably changed a lot by then. Sure. Thirty-eight thousand false denials <laughs> and a hundred twenty-seven real denials. <laughs> so you're a hundred and twenty-seven proper and good and proper denials of people buying ammunition. So we're not even talking about firearms. We're talking about ammunition, which is 100% useless unless you have a firearm, right? And mm -hmm. so what do you have? A felon or fill in the blank? A gangbanger is going to walk into the gun store to buy his ammunition. Um, you know, that's ridiculous. So I, I like to see what net effect that hundred plus real denials of ammunition sales really has on public safety in the state of California. I'd like to see that statistic. Maybe that's another good for you. Yeah. And, and those denials could be for stuff like uh, the license wasn't 30 days old or something okay. like that. So, <laughs> so now you can whittle it down even further. The real denials, like how many of this was revolved around criminal intent, right? Yeah, yeah they don't actually keep why it was denied, so uh, it's it's going to be impossible to tell. Because that I try to get that, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't keep that information. They're, they're just denials." Right. Well, it doesn't suit their statistics if they if they have that information and it, it gets out like through a, a, a document dump like it's not going to fit the narrative yeah it, it definitely isn't it that's one of the things that is scary that they're going to try to roll that out probably nationwide i can i can definitely see that uh and also nix isn't instant I know the I stands for instant, but it is an instant in a lot of cases. <laughs> it's it's not. And in New Jersey, it's great. So we have a federal NIC system, which is instant, right? And that's free, right? You, you go and you do that through the FBI. Uh, New Jersey has its own very special NIC system. So I have to pay, I think it's 15 or $25, I can't remember, uh, to the state. So that somebody at the state police headquarters and the firearms division can sit there at a computer and then they run the NICS through the federal system and they do the New Jersey mental health background check and they get all the same information that would happen through the federal NICS, except now we have a division in the state police that handle this. We have more state jobs, more people that we have to pay uh, to do this job, which would be free, uh, you know, essentially free. But no, New Jersey has to complicate it further, and then they'll be shut down on whatever weird reasons that they want to be shut down. And there's been more than one time where it's just the New Jersey state NICS 
system is down, not the federal NICS. Like we're not talking about Columbus Day. Like we're talking about, well, why is the, no, it's just, it's New Jersey. You know, maybe they went out to lunch early. Who, who knows? Um, so that's super onerous that they have that in there. And with um, all of these pushes for fixed NICS and the way the system is, like just embrace the system that's there and get rid of all of this bureaucratic garbage, you know? Yeah. Oh, what New, New Jersey is, is what's what's called a single point of contact state, uh, which means you don't actually get ran through NICS. Uh, New Jersey takes it and then they run you through NCIC, which is which will say these other crimes, you know. Uh, and what NICS does, it gives you it, it says. That, denied or approved because of that app and NCIC gives you a little bit more information, but, in, but in the end, it, that's where Nix pulls from. So right. they're just pulling from the database behind Nix and charging you money, which is actually just making it more of a hassle. Right. And uh, with Nix, you're only going to get the, like the thumbs up or the thumbs down where, all right. So the state of New Jersey gets a, a report, on somebody that they should already have, right? I mean, yeah, they, they should. I mean, it's just an excuse to charge more money. Exactly. More, which is which is crazy. Um, in fact, federally, if you have a concealed carry permit and you had to go through a NICS check or NCIC check, and actually, I guess it's NICS technically, if you went through a NICS check when getting your concealed carry permit. The regulations, the ATF regulation says that you should be exempt from NICS. But the ATF says, oh, yeah, yep. forget that we said that. Forget that's what the law says. You have to run them anyway. And that's why uh, in like Georgia and also Michigan, uh, gun owners of America are suing over that because they're like, but that's not what the law says. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, just, just ignore that law and just do it anyway. Right, and they left it up to the discretion of a specific state whether or not they want to honor that law or that regulation. Oh, well, no, they're, now they're telling now they're telling states don't honor it. Oh, a hundred percent. So that's that's brand new news to me. Yeah, I, I work right. with a lot of people that you know are Louisiana or uh, you know Texas and yeah. Tennessee, and they're like, "Well, if I got my CCW, I just show them that, and well, the end." So that's all been next. Well, well, they're, well, they're trying to nix it. Uh, Okay. Georgia, Georgia, we're suing in Georgia because Georgia because ATF told Georgia to stop doing it, and Georgia stopped mm -hmm. doing it. And Michigan, they told Michigan to stop doing it, and Michigan stopped doing it. <laughs> interesting, Michigan, Georgia, very, very interesting. <laughs> so uh, GOA is suing over that, saying you can't tell. You no, know, the law says this. You can't. No, that's that's wild. So. Uh, the the good thing I think that we have going on is, and I'm working on an article in my head on this. I'm kind of slow about getting my information out um, on paper, but you know, right now we are dealing with a fabulous blitzkrieg of litigation from everybody, and it's really exciting. Um, I'm excited about it. Like there are lawsuits flying left and right, all of them are going to be Supreme Court bound. I mean, every single one of them, because they're bringing up cases that have already been established in the lower courts, and it's just going to be a, a dismissal versus an asking for a full en banc review. Um, so like in New Jersey, uh, one of the groups that I volunteer for is uh, CNJFO, the Coalition of New Jersey Firearm Owners. What a great group. And you know, they kind of started out as more of a social order where people get together and, uh, you know, gun owners can have some chicken wings and chat about things and maybe let's go and do some hunting trips. And uh, the group evolved and now they're litigating. So they were involved in the, um, the Cheeseman case that went all the way up to the Supreme Court and they filed a, a friend of the court brief with that and that was kind of a very large and important step that i saw cnjfo take and i was like wow this is this is a good group so i ended up getting more and more involved with them and i volunteer for them now or with them 
and they have a case that's with uh, the NRA and uh, ANJRPC, the Association of New Jersey Rifle Pistol Clubs. And this is a carry case. It's, uh, I think it's called Manzaria versus Grual, I think is the name of the case. And it was filed a week ago and a day. So like last Tuesday is when that news broke. And uh, that's a carry case involving a firearms instructor that is also an FFL holder that, you know, is unable to get a carry permit, which is ludicrous. So I think at minimum, the state of New Jersey should be able to issue carry permits to every single FFL, period, end of story. I mean, these are men and women that are coming in and out of gun stores on a daily basis. They should be at minimum allowed to be armed as they're coming and going because that's like a very at-risk situation right there. It's quite literally the definition of dangerous. Um, so you have this individual that's suing and that's 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 an, an interesting new case. I don't have all of the details of the other co-plaintiffs or anything like that. I've only looked over it briefly. But again, CNJFO is um, attacking the uh, justifiable needs standard in New Jersey, which is similar to the same standards that Maryland holds and uh, California and Hawaii and all of these other really restrictive states. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, what's also exciting out of New Jersey is uh, ANJRPC versus the, uh, the New Jersey Attorney General and the Superintendent of State Police is the, uh, the magazine, uh, the magazine ban for magazines over 10 rounds. So that went all the way up to the uh, district court. The, the, the district court ruled uh, against them saying like, we kind of already ruled on this. And then they uh, said, uh, let's have an end bonk review. The end bonk review was turned down. So now that is headed towards the Supreme court. And that's speaking specifically to magazines, uh, 15 rounds and, and below. So the 10 round magazine. So it's not like if this case becomes the case, which I know there's other magazine bans in the country. Uh, but if this case becomes the case that brings down magazine regulations, it's still going to be capped at 15. And then they're going to have to go back and resue and, you know, try to overthrow the 15 round magazine limit. Uh, but that's on its way to the Supreme Court right now. So that's super exciting. And then I saw recently also the Firearms Policy Coalition. They um, filed a lawsuit, and that's with um, the Second Amendment Foundation and NJ2AS. And that's another carry lawsuit for New Jersey that's called Bennett versus Davis. So while we talk about all of this egregious, crazy stuff that's going on that is getting uncovered as we're looking here Monday morning quarterbacking about how disgusting the preferential treatment is that Moms to Man Action gets in every town and, you know, Handgun Control Inc. and Giffords. At least we have this massive, and those are only three cases that I just cherry-picked as talking points for New Jersey. As as you know, there's there's tons of cases. The, the country is just energized right now. So I, I'd like like to see some fruits from all of this labor. I just noticed something while you were talking. I think you have one of my uh, my, my last patch drops behind you. Oh, it's, I think it's yeah it up here. Yeah, yeah. I gotta okay. get you the new patches. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I is that where your patches? I can't really see it. Yeah, yeah. It's your right there. So I've got my 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 Woodland Park Range Gun for Hire uh, sticker. I have your patch, and then. I think we've got some Charlie Cook riding shotgun with yeah. Charlie stickers and Gungram stickers there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where they ended up for for now. I haven't put put all that anywhere yet. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you one of the new patches from the new patch drop. I, I do patch drops, and basically all the money goes to charity or, or, or calls. And then um, once I saw 100 patches, then we just move on and do another design, and that old design is never made again. Yeah, I haven't decided if I want to throw that on a ball cap or if I want to 
say it someplace because I know, like you said, everything you do is like a limited release. It's that's a cool patch. I like that one, especially it's very uh, pirateish, you know. <laughs> well, it is. My friend said you need to make a pirate patch. <laughs> um, I was like, all right. Then I looked at the Virginia flag and it said, uh, you know, six semper tyrannis. I'm like, he wants me to do a pirate patch. How would I say that in pirate talk? No quarter for pirates. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sure. So, sure. I mean, that's, yeah, it, that's how that came about. But yeah, there is a lot of court cases going on with New Jersey. One of my friends is actually suing New Jersey. Um, oh, that's exciting. Okay. Cody Wilson. Uh, over 3D printed guns. He was Cody Wilson's defense distributed. Yep. Um, and also the 3D printing gun guy. Um, yeah, he's suing New Jersey. Right. Um, and it's it, it, that's a very interesting thing about that because uh, a fella that, you know, is a, a friend of mine, her brother did a video on this where you're in New Jersey and you try to call up the, the code through Wilson or wherever else you can get the, the 3D printed uh, gun codes from the plans. We're talking about just First Amendment stuff. And if you try to go to these websites in New Jersey, you can't get to them. Now, if you go through a VPN, you can get to them. So New Jersey is literally blocking web content. Yeah. That's disgusting. You know, that's we're not talking about it's like North Korea. Films. Yeah, we're not talking about snuff films. We're not talking about really disgusting, profane things that are beyond felonious. We're talking about diagrams and plans, basically blueprints. That's like saying you can't have the blueprint to a building because the building might fall over and hurt somebody, you know? Um, and that's, that's, that was a fact. I watched the whole entire thing and um, it's blocked. That's like some really bad stuff. Yeah, uh, they're suing on First Amendment grounds as well as Second Amendment grounds, as they should, because that's that's information. That's not that's not anything crazy, you know. Even if you go back to the days of the anarchists' cookbook, that was still First Amendment related material. And all right, so what if you take it out of the library, you end up on a watch list? Big deal. It's still available. Yeah, and that was litigated in court. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think he has a good shot of winning that in the courts because that should be open and shut. But you never know I, what the courts. That's one thing. I, that's the type of thing I could even see like the ACLU surprising, you know, the the uh freedom the pro freedom crowd with because every so often the ACLU pops its head out and it's like, oh no, you can't do that, you know, and then they kind of go away on Second Amendment issues. But I mean it's few and far between, but once in a while, that little that that does happen, you know. Yeah, they, they did something uh, on gu gun stuff, but then they got smacked down by their donors, and I think they agreed never to do another gun case. <laughs> Go figure. So, well, there, there there you have it. The verdict is out. <laughs> but but there's also there's other cases, and uh, I, I think it definitely does. It def definitely does um, go ahead and cross the line into a First Amendment case. You know, uh, it, it's definitely interesting. So I hope he wins, and I think he will win it. He has a good shot of winning on both on both counts. What is they were trying. I was going to say, is he back in Texas now? Yeah, he's back in Texas from okay. his vacation. <laughs> Just, just a question. Now that that always bugs me. He got busted. Uh, the girl. I'm not going to go into it too much. I, I don't I look. I don't know the whole details. I just knew he was out of country for a little while. Uh, no, well, he went out of the country, then got got arrested over over in Singapore and shipped back. The the girl was one year underage, which you know, okay, that's bad. But she also lied about her age. They, they met on a website that you had to be 18. Uh, she told him that she was of age and everything else. Um, 
Yeah, I, I know that for a fact that she actually told him. And I do know that he thought that she was, from talking to him, that she he thought that she was of a, before they even got arrested. Like, oh, yeah, this girl, I met this girl, you know, oh, she's kind of young, but she's 18. You know, it's all, it's all good. She's 18. And nope. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm not single and I'm <laughs> married, middle-aged. <laughs> I don't have to deal with any of that. So it's. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Either do I. And this whole thing with like swipe right, swipe left. I have no idea. I guess tender or something. I'm not even sure which way you're supposed to swipe. I'm, no, like, I'm like no married. Point. I'm worried about any of that stuff. That stuff came out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, my, friend, my friend Devin, who's in his twenties, uh, we were going to a. We do a lot of gun stuff, uh, like rallies and stuff. We're going to gun stuff, and he's like, "I was like, what the hell are you doing on your phone?" He's like, "Meeting girls." Like, you're moving your finger left and right. He's like, "Exactly." It's like that. He's like. He's like, man, you're old. That's how we do it. <laughs> That's I'm 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 on a date. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Hell, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I do have a question for you. Where did you end up with the um, the gun show litigation in Virginia? Uh, the uh, local court waited until the day before the show and then ruled that it was an entertainment event and not a uh, retail event. They said okay. it's more like it's more like a concert or a sporting event than than going to a store and buying stuff. If people don't go there to buy stuff, they go there to socialize. I'm like, what the hell? So it, did it, the is that buck ended there, or is this going to be punted? Uh, on a damage level, uh, I the buck ah. ended there basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, for now, um, I'm, I'm not funding it, so it, the, the powers that be that funds it, you know, they don't want to dump more money into it because they already dumped well, like 25,000 into it. Sure, now hey, it's understandable, <clears throat> so yeah. they. What the hell? How did you get herpes? What the? What? I have no idea what girl I was in guns is he talking said, that's about. That's how you get maybe from swiping left and right. Oh, you, okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, I got it. I guess that you need to listen when we're swiping left and right. Make sure you have a, a screen protector because now this <laughs> is a problem on phones too. So uh, wear your protection when you're swiping. Yeah, you, you ever see uh, what of it? Uh, what of it? Uh, the Hangover. Right. Remember, what stays in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> you bring that shit home. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yep. Now that 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 comes home. <laughs> yeah. So yep. Yeah. So that's that's what happened with my case. Uh, the governor did say Mr. Crump has a pension for suing me, and I responded with. Mr. Northrum has a penchant for violating my rights. Yeah, well, that's that's how you've made it when you have somebody uh, like that calling you out, and uh, even if it's in a tongue-in-cheek manner. So uh, congratulations. If you've been looking to arrive, you've arrived, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a feeling I'm going to be red flagged one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, just dot your I's and cross your T's. That's all you can do, you know? Yeah, that's what Freddie always tells me. Freddie, my editor, and your editor too, always tells me, make sure everything you have is legal and, and in good order. <laughs> sure have, have, have to have a good video system so you can see who's coming so you know. I have 18 cameras in my house. That's glorious. Well, you're a tech guy. That's your your expertise, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I have cameras everywhere. Some you can see, some you can't see. Uh, my gun room's all locked down. They had to cut. They would have to cut into a room, which is fortified, and then everything else is like bolted to the ground, and they would have to cut into those. So, good luck. Have oh, fun. Everything's recorded, so I just start hit a button and start live streaming it everywhere. <laughs> I got it set up too. I can hit a button, bam, everything goes live stream, <laughs> and the music starts to play. Right, strobe lights. Get the strobe lights going. Yeah, definitely. 
definitely. Um, but yeah, my all, also uh, my article for everyone out there just dropped now about the uh, the Brady campaign, the Brady United suing um, Ghost Gunner Inc., which is part of Defense Distributed, which is part of Cody Wilson's company, and twelve others because some guy shot up some place and they, he used a. Uh, a gun that he made on the ghost gunner. So they're so Brady United and they co-opted the family into suing. And what they're doing is they're suing not only ghost ghost gunner Inc., which makes the ghost gunner, which I have a couple. They're awesome. But they're also suing. Um, they're also suing the other places that made the parts. Oh, wow. Now that's, uh, that's insane. That's Devin. Devin knows I'm doing a podcast. I have no idea what he's calling. <laughs> Maybe he on... just read, read your article. Maybe. Maybe I should like put him on speaker and call back. <laughs> no. But yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, it is 6 o'clock. Wow. So everyone, go read that article. I'm going to do my plugs. Then I'm going to give you the final word, John. So Okay. I appreciate oh, that. Remember. If you need a VPN, which we were all talking about, especially if you're in New Jersey, wink, wink, go to crumpy.com slash VPN and sign up for NordVPN, which is one of the best VPNs out there. Uh, you help out the channel, which in turn helps solve my needs because we don't take any money here. My channel is totally, uh, I wouldn't say it's a nonprofit, but we don't keep any profits. Everything that we make uh, and then some goes to different things. Right now we are supporting my niece who has uh cancer we've we are we've done the, we just bought her a laptop uh joe drag if you're still out there made a big donation uh chris shoemake who's out there made a big uh donation as well um and we got her a laptop we've got her a puppy uh we're paying up for a lot of her medical treatments and everything else we're doing like not only medical bills but also comfort stuff as well uh, we're going to be doing a toy drive. We also just added another kid. We do one of those, you know, those Christian things. We do it through a, a Catholic charity where you don't, we basically sponsor a kid. So we're up to four kids now. Uh, and we do a lot of stuff like that. And if you want to join the crumpy militia and help make the world a better page, go to patreon.com slash John Crump, uh, check out my book at crumpy.com slash giants to get 25% off gun owners of America at gunowners.org dash black slash that slash black dash one dash media. Um, go to black swan tactical use code crumpy for 10% off. And we have the gorilla and guns, um, the gorilla and guns, uh, like merchandise there and you can go check that out that is new like comment and share hit the thumbs up follow me on instagram just go to crumpy.com all my links are there uh john's link to his website is in the description and i will also throw it up on the screen here as well and john tell people how they can find you and whatever else you want to tell them Yep. So that is the best way to get in touch with me or find me is on my webpage, which is John, John Petrolino.com. So www.johnpetrolino.com. So that's J O H N P E T R O L I N O.com. And again, decoding firearms an easy to read guide on general gun safety and use. Uh, any of you that uh, support and get the book, I would really appreciate it. Share it with other gun owners. And uh, just as a parting note, uh, support your state organizations. This is so important. And if you are in a more gun-friendly, freedom-friendly state or area, consider adopting a state that needs your help. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like a feed the children type of, uh, you know, commercial here, but there are plenty of organizations that do need our help out there. So if you liked what New Jersey State, uh, excuse me, New York State Rifle Pistol Club was doing with their case in New York City that went all the way to the Supreme Court, maybe support them or ANJRPC in New Jersey. We have these carry cases or Coalition of New Jersey Firearm Owners. 
Again, great organizations. You can look them all up online. Uh, they, they all have Facebook pages. So uh, big, big uh, shout out to all of those groups. And please do support them and uh, support pro Second Amendment organizations and companies as well. Don't give your money to the, uh, to the gun grabbers. Give them, to, uh, give them to those that deserve it, those that support freedom and uh, civil rights. All right, this was a lot of fun, and it went by really, really quick here. So uh, I just want to say thanks all watching. Um, I'll be back uh, uh, tomorrow with a, another guest. Uh, so the, he de, it's uh, Operation uh, Backbone, which is it's a veterans organization that helps veterans get back on their feet that have like back injuries or war injuries, um, and they just help them out get them medical treatment and everything else and it's changed a lot of people's lives out there so i'm really looking forward to talk, talking to him and finding out how everyone out there can help him all right uh and rogue banshee hit me up after the show i will help you out if you want some gear we'll design some and throw it up on the website for you all right uh thank you john so much and we are out of here and i will see you guys tomorrow